I'm thinking about users. If I've talked to users and 10 users tell me they're all looking for the same thing, but they don't look for it because it doesn't exist, then you create it. And guess what? Those end up being zero search volume keywords. But instead of thinking about a single keyword, which again is the wrong frame of mind I think you should be in, a zero search volume keyword, I think you think about it at scale. Wow, there are 10 users that think like this. Are they representative of thousands of other users that I also want to create for and create great products for and scale that up? We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SaaS SEO So Today's guest was the first hire, SEO hire at SurveyMonkey and built SEO and organic search as one of the major and main uh, drivers of growth for the company. And we all know how that went. SurveyMonkey is a public company nowadays. Uh, he's uh, done consulting with companies such as WordPress, Cyberstock, Quora, Zendesk, G2, Mixpanel, and the list goes on. And uh, he's one of the uh, most frequent speakers when it comes to uh, conferences around uh, SEO and growth. And he has published uh, most recently the book on product-led SEO. He's no other than Eli Zwarch. And Eli, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. So before we, and we have many, many interesting things that I'd like to discuss with you today. But before we jump into the questions, uh, could you share, please, a couple of things about yourself? How uh, did you end up doing uh, what you do today? I, yeah, it's a good question. I, I was uh, working in an internet company that was designed to help bring people that were looking to find a service with those that were looking to purchase the people looking for that service. So lead generation company. And I, this was many, many years ago. I was, uh, I was an affiliate manager working with these, these, uh, these websites are able to generate leads. And I really liked what my affiliates were doing. So they were, they were using SEO, they were using PPC, they were, social didn't exist, but they were driving traffic towards their websites. So I would hit all my sales goals and then I'd do my best to start reverse engineering their processes and I became very interested in that. And I tried to get a job in SEO, but I couldn't get one because I didn't have an SEO experience. So then I put down on my resume that I was doing SEO because I was doing keyword research for my, my affiliates and suddenly I had SEO experience and uh, you know, the rest was you know, off to the races from there. So building on experiences for anybody listening that's looking for a job in SEO, your first job in SEO may not be handed to you. You may have to take it. So start doing SEO for yourself. You know, that's what, really what I started doing. And I felt I, I knew enough about SEO to pretend I knew enough about SEO. And, you know, it, that's how I built my career from there. Okay, that's great. Good to know. I didn't know that you had uh, an affiliate background, by the way. Uh, but it's, uh, it's really interesting. Now, in April of this year, you published, I think it was in April, yeah, that you published the book on uh, product-led SEO. I have read the book and I highly recommend it to anyone who is listening to this podcast, regardless of their 
level, you know, of expertise. Um, but uh, could you please share with us what's the ba basic idea behind Product Legacy or what Product Legacy is all about and what the book as an extension is, uh, is all about? So what it comes down to is really understanding the way most people do SEO today. So most people do SEO by doing keyword research and identifying the keyword that's going to do well on Google and building their SEO efforts around that single word. Product-led SEO is really that your SEO comes into a product, an artifact for a user that is going to benefit a user, and not just because of the keyword. And, and you know, obviously, this is future-proofing your SEO efforts because it's not, it's not dependent on algorithm changes. If you're building for a user, then Google's always going to be where the users are. So product-led SEO is really about building a great product for your search users, and SEO is driven from that. Not at all related to product-led growth, where you put a good product out there and then people share about it. This is about you focus on the product first, and then your SEO comes as a part of the fact that there are people searching for that product, rather than the way most people are doing SEO today, which is content-led SEO, which is they're doing some keyword research and slapping up content just because the keyword exists, and then hoping they do well in search engines without really thinking about the user experience and the user benefit down the line. And when you do product-led SEO, the obvious KPI that you want to measure is revenue or downloads or whatever the business does. When you're doing content-led SEO, you become very focused on rankings and how well you do on a search engine, and you leave yourself somewhat naked to a search to an algo update because you're you built all your strategies around the algorithm. Again, if you're doing product-led SEO, you're building strategies around the user. So even if Google would cease to exist then you still have a great product that users want to use. You still have a great product that should do well on social, a great product that should do well on email and all other channels. And then another search engine obviously will come and fill in that blank in their own way. With, again, content-led SEO, if, again, you build all your strategies around Google, if Google goes away, then maybe you can't adapt very well to Yandex or Bing or Baidu or wherever else is going to fill in that blank. Okay, that's great. And I, I really like this approach, and I, I really like the book. Uh, thus, I reached out to you. Uh, but as an agency, what we see very often is that, you know, on a theoretical level, I wish that all companies um, had the same, uh, followed the same approach, you know, uh, when it comes to product SEO. But the truth is that most companies uh, are lazy with their uh, efforts and inconsistent. And so I would like to ask you, okay, that's great. But how do you communicate that uh, to a company that you want to work with, to a SaaS company, for example? And how have you managed in your career to do that? Um, because I guess that, you know, it's not easy uh, to communicate the value and, and a different approach when it comes to SEO, uh, quite frankly. So, yeah. So there's a fundamental problem in the SEO world today. And I just a shout out to something else that I do besides my book, which is I love connecting people for new jobs. If I can help you find a new job or I can help you find a new employee, just reach out to me. So there's a fundamental problem in the SEO world today, which is, there's a severe mismatch for what SEO needs to be successful. Like the, the concept of SEO needs to be successful and the skill level of the employees that are doing that SEO. And the reason for that is the skills that and the types of people that companies are looking for are just doers. They want them to be tacticians. They want them to just update keywords, update title tags, do some stuff, do some magic, make SEO grow. What they should be looking for are strategic marketers and strategic product people who are doing product with SEO, of course. They can really think bigger picture and say, why would I spend hours doing this keyword research to update the title tag? Why not think about what's better for the users and create thousands of pieces of content in some sort of scalable way? What, what can I do to attract more search users? 
as personas, as users of our product, think more strategically and ultimately we make more revenue. Again, companies aren't looking for that. So now to your question of like, how do you do that within a company? Well, you step up and you say, I'm here to do that. Miss, Mr. Boss, I know you want more money. You haven't told me you want more money. You're telling me that I should just update my, keep my title tags. I should update my backlinks. But instead, what I'd like to offer you is a huge opportunity to grow and to benefit the business. You have to step up. Now your boss may tell you, go back to your place, or your boss may say, well, that's interesting. I'll give you a shot at building out this good product plan. I'll give you a shot at growing the business and making a bigger impact for this business. And you know, if you're successful, I mean, you're writing your own ticket for success. If you fail, guess what? You go back right to where you were. So what I would say is, you, yes, obviously it's challenging to step up and say, we have to think about things in a different way and we want to be more strategic, but it's all benefit if you're successful. And if you're not successful, there are many, many, many companies and agencies that will hire you to be a tactical SEO person. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I agree with your points. Okay, then let's say that, uh, you know, the company is bought in to the idea of building uh, a product uh, for uh, search uh, users. Okay. Uh, what is the starting point for, for that process? Like, is it keyword research? Is it not in the traditional way? Is it uh, competitor analysis? Is it something completely different? Is it getting on customer interviews? What is the starting point for, for this process? It, it, customer interviews. I mean, this is all about people and all about users. So you want to talk to customers and find out are customers even looking for the thing that you want to build? Keyword research would be the wrong place to start because that's a feedback loop of based on what people are searching. And you certainly don't want to look at competitors. You may, after you've talked to customers, then say, what are our competitors doing poorly and how can I better add value to those customers and how do I build better search? Now, there's a, a new concept within in search and people start talking about, I forget the acronym, but it's zero search volume keywords and they like, oh, look, you can do all this and you can't improve it. This is that idea, but at scale. So I'm not thinking about zero search volume keywords. I'm not even thinking about keywords, search volume. I'm thinking about users. If I've talked to users and 10 users tell me they're all looking for the same thing, but they don't look for it because it doesn't exist, then you create it and guess what? Those end up being zero search volume keywords. But instead of thinking about a single keyword, which again is the wrong frame of mind I think you should be in, a zero search volume keyword, I think you think about it at scale. Wow, there are 10 users that think like this. Are they representative of thousands of other users that I also want to create for and create great products for and scale that up? So you start with customers. You don't necessarily have to do customer interviews. You could look at customer data. You could look at um, yourself. You can brainstorm a process and say, what's missing for me? If I, this were my product, and, and then we're going to talk about SaaS, this were my product, what am I missing? What, what helps me to understand that I, ha I have this problem? You know, like, uh, I, I'll give you an example. I just I downloaded a Chrome text expander so I could I write better emails. And if I were thinking about SEO for that, again, SEO for SaaS is actually very difficult because it's not multidimensional, but it can be multidimensional. If I'm looking for a text expander, what am I looking for? So I'm looking for, I want to save more time in the day. I know that's a problem I have. So for doing SEO around it, and I'm not going to optimize for the word text expander. I'm going to optimize for the problem and get people who are like, Oh, I was looking to save more time in the day by hiring an assistant, but I could just add this Chrome plugin. So you think about those kind of processes. What do you add? How do you add value to the user? And know that users are going to be searching for that. And that's how you build your SEO. Okay, that's very interesting.
let's say that we have uh, a search uh, a product okay that's uh, created for search users and let's uh, use an example here let's say that uh, we are uh, an analytics SaaS for uh, financial advisors okay and uh, we want to build a product that's kind of a directory for financial advisors and this is uh, an indirect way of essentially targeting uh, you know our audience financial advisors and letting them know that you have been listed in our uh, directory and at the same time obviously um, it will generate uh, some traffic as a side effect um, my question though uh, for uh, that product if we assume that this is a uh, search product would be how do you measure success like uh, what would be the metrics uh, for this? Or if you have any other examples, we can uh, analyze those as well. How do you define success here? And how do you communicate that success to, uh, to the company? Like these are the metrics that we will use. Because I assume since we are talking about the product that our approach has to be completely different. Like the even the typical metrics that people use uh, wrongly, if you ask me, like, you know, bounce rate and things like that when it comes to engagement, which is, totally um, uh, totally wrong um, not entirely but you know for the most part wrong uh, are not enough here how do you measure success uh, like is it by engagement metrics is it something else yeah so this this is the challenge and this is why I don't love doing SEO for SaaS with many many SaaS tools and SaaS will range SaaS will range from what you're talking about SaaS will range for the, the what I talked about that Chrome plugin it's tech it's SaaS right you install it on your, your Chrome browser and it's software right so it ranges so SaaS like the Chrome plugin I was talking about I do some SEO I download the plugin I use it done right maybe to bet to say that there's a benefit to SEO there has to be some upgrade that I, I pay them for whatever I have to pay them for going even further down that continuum of SaaS, you then have SaaS like an analytics tool which costs a million dollars per year or Google Cloud which costs tens of millions of dollars per year, that's also a SaaS. So going down that, so then to prove that it's valuable, so unfortunately when it comes to any sort of digital marketing, everyone's always like, well it's measured by conversion. But when it's, it's a Google Cloud and it's millions and millions of dollars and the CIO needs to sign off, it's hard to prove that it ever mattered that the SEO you did ever mattered to get that final contract signed. Now with the text expander, where it's just a quick download, yes. So I, I think SEO does matter at, at some sort of level and you have to make that investment into SEO, a, rel a relative investment. You don't spend millions of dollars on it if you can't ever prove it works. But you need to find like nearer term metrics that prove value for it, that help you generate some sort of conversion element. So it could be, do they end up following you on social media? Could be, do they uh, join your community? Do, they, do you get your email address? With the assumption that, again, you're not going to go all the way for the conversion, but how do you prove that the search worked? So then you can say, well, we captured their email address, and six months later, the salesperson had a conversation. We got the email address from SEO, so obviously don't accrue all of that credit to SEO, but acknowledge that SEO worked and figure out some sort of value to that. Okay, okay, I see. Um, I'd like to ask now, based on the example that I shared with you, um, and uh, obviously, I'd like to, to hear your approach in general. Let's say uh, that you need to build a team for uh, building, for the purpose of building a, uh, a product. Um, how would you approach that? What would you say are the roles that are required 
And as you mentioned earlier, okay, SaaS may not be the best example because it's not like multidimensional and so complex. Let's say things are more straightforward there when it comes to search. Um, but for any other kind of, of product, what would you say are the roles if you are building a team today for a project, for a client project? What would you say are the roles that you need, uh, that you definitely need to have in your team in order for this operation uh, to work? So you need SEO, but I think you think of the SEO person as a product manager. So that product manager typically has an ability to allocate resources from engineers. They have the ability to allocate resources from design. They have an ability to allocate resources from marketers. So the person driving that is a product manager. It depends how big it is. Maybe you have more product managers. But you also probably will need a project manager to really just make sure every one of those teams are online and they're all delivering. I like to think about it from a um, a hub and spoke approach rather than a linear approach. And again, the way traditional SEO might be is it's linear. It's like, I do this, I tell the content person to do this, then you bring it back to me and I, I optimize that. Then I go to a design person, I put a design on there. We think about this hub and spoke, it's like it's a big product and all the, these things are inputs into that product. Design is going to give me a design for the product I scoped out. Content's going to give me content. Engineering is going to build it. I have analytics attached to it. And again, instead of this like, well, I just launch it and do, you want to think bigger picture. And again, most SEO within companies, they're not thinking about the bigger aspects to it. They don't think about design because there's a design already tagged on to what it is they're creating. It's a page. They don't think about the technology behind it because there is. There's a blog or there's a CMS. So from this aspect, you think about all of that. You're like, the, the CMS we have right now would not fit with what we're trying to build. So we need another CMS. Or this doesn't work with a CMS. We need a data set. We need analytics. So like, that's who the team is. It really depends on what you're building, but you do need all those inputs. You need analytics, you need design, you need content, you need product, a multiple product potentially, and ideally a project manager to really help you move all those processes forward. Okay, okay, it makes sense. Let's say that we have the product now, it's finished, okay? What would be the next steps in terms of getting this product uh, in front of the right eyes? Because I assume that people have to find it in order to, to use it, okay? Uh, and I know that we may not be as focused on organic search in terms of people have to find it through Google, for example, uh, but they have to find it somehow. How do you approach that in general? And um, what, in your opinion and in your experience, are the best channels and ways to getting the product uh, in front of people's eyes? So I, I don't like saying this, but not SEO. So when you build an SEO product, it's going to take you 18 months, realistically. You know, I, I've launched things and it takes, you know, two weeks in, you're like, guess what? It's indexed. It's really cool. I've gotten a click. I've got 10 impressions. And then three months in, they're like, did you even do anything here? You've got 100 impressions. Your whole product is under impressions. Six months later, they're like, I just want you know we made a few thousand dollars or euros. Um, a year later, they're like, oh, that's pretty good. And 18 months later, they're like, can you work for us? Right? So like, that's that process, right? So like, when you're building a product like that, you actually have to find other channels to drive revenue for it because you've made a huge investment. So unfortunately, and I hate saying this, SEO is not that channel. You build a product for, it, for SEO and you put it out there and you, order, and you optimize and iterate on it and wait for the traffic to come in. But in the meantime, you're probably going to want to do paid traffic. If you build something really good, you're going to do branded traffic and really you know, drive awareness for it. And if you think about backlinks, 
I mean, the backlinks are useless, especially if it's something people aren't really looking for. So that's when you're doing PR and you get people talking about it and they're linking to it. And then it becomes a thing and then you dominate that space. So this is a really long process and it's not about, oh, I got this domain authority link. It's really about, I built a really cool product that everyone wants to talk about. And Google says everyone's talking about it. You're the original source of it. So it's a domain name, domain authority five out of a hundred, but you're the product for it. So like, that's the way you really have to think about it. And you know, you build a product for users. So get the users wherever those users are going to be. And it's not a built a product for SEO. So therefore it can only work in SEO. Like if I would have to, to approach that, I would say things like launching that product to product hunt could, could work or, try uh, in a way to generate some buzz around it. Even, you know, share it obviously with your uh, email list um, if you have one. Um, and also using channels that obviously are not uh, yours, uh, such as Product Hunt, as I mentioned, in order to get that product in front of people's eyes. Because if we ex exclude search from organic search, at least for the beginning, uh, from uh, the whole distribution and promotion process, uh, I would say that you have to find some ways to, you know, to, to get it uh, in front of people's eyes. So, yeah. Now, the next question that I have for you, and I'd like to hear your thoughts here, it's something that uh, I'm, I'm very interested in. Obviously, Google is the best uh, search product when it comes to, uh, you know, how people uh, can find things. And also, uh, it's uh, search products inside, inside the search engine, such as flights and hotels and all the search features that start dominating the, uh, the SERP um, are becoming very popular since, you know, uh, essentially the channel is owned by Google and uh, thus uh, people are going to, to use them uh, either way, which leaves little to no space in some cases uh, to publishers and websites and so on, and businesses in general. And obviously we have the issue of no-click searches, and I'd like to hear your thoughts. This may not be a problem in SaaS, but it's, it's a problem when it comes to uh, travel, uh, the travel industry, or hotels and so on and so forth. So I'd like to hear your thoughts as to what um, companies can do, if they can do something, uh, to fight back uh, no-click searches, um, yeah. So first of all, no-click searches, I think, are uh, something that people complain about, but that's not a fair thing to complain about. Google is building a better product, and in some cases, a better. they're using the same data. So like, what time is it right now in Greece? I Google that. There used to be a website, timeanddate.com. They probably still rank number one for it. But why should I have to click that when Google could just tell me? And you also have to think about no-click searches are driven by all these devices, the assistant devices and the home devices. This, these are structured data sets. So that's what they are. Like if that's the way you drive traffic, if you drive traffic off of writing blog posts about single word answers, how tall is, is the president? Who is the president? What time is it? Eventually that search goes away. And there's a, a new complaint in no-click search about the automotive space. I spent many years in the automotive space on, on SEO that Google now is showing data around cars. Well. That's fair because a lot of these automotive websites bought the data from a single source and they put it on their websites and they use the, that data that is not unique to build content around. Google just said, well, we can also buy the same data and we'll also put it on our webpage and it happens to be that we own the search and you can see it there. So I, I think it's unfair to complain about no-click search because it's, it's better for users. If 
you are forcing people to read a blog post to get an answer, that's not fair. Now, when it comes to like the competitiveness of Google, some of it's fair and some of it's unfair. In the travel space, is it fair that Google has their own flights product and is able to promote it on the top of search? Well, the law says it's fair. I, they, built the, they built a search engine and they built it and they own a flights product. Unfortunately for Expedia and Kayak and all the other companies and booking, the ones that lose, they lose. That is what it is. Now, if you're in the travel space and you're not selling something directly that Google's also selling, then, you, then it comes down to product with SEO. You want to find, I'm not optimizing for what time does this plane land because again, Google can buy the exact same data set. Now optimize for something like there's a website, I think it's, um, I can't remember the name, Seat Guru maybe? Optimize for like how comfortable is the plane? How big are the seats? That's something that Google's not going to do. So really think about a differentiated product in what you're doing rather than, oh, I'm using the data set and I hope that Google doesn't catch me and, and promote their own data set. So zero click searches, I think Google's entitled. I think as users, we want zero click searches unless we're doing SEO. The other spaces, the law says it's fair, so it is what it is. Okay, I like that opinion. Uh, thanks for sharing. Now, I'd like to, to ask you something. In the interview that you gave for um, Kevin Indig's uh, TechBound uh, podcast, uh, you mentioned uh, that you were consulting with a company that was willing to invest, I think, one billion uh, in the next five years. And obviously, a company that is willing to invest one billion US dollars in the next five years is a company that believes in the power of SEO. And at the same time, it believes that there is a future in SEO. I'd like to hear your thoughts on SEO and content in general, um, because it's, uh, you know, many people can argue that uh, Google is taking what is uh, Google's, uh, the property uh, that it has built, and it has every right to do so. Uh, but I'd like to hear your thoughts when it comes to, is there a future for publishers, for websites, for businesses, when it comes to organic search? And how does that future look like? Yeah, I love when people say that. So like Google doesn't do everything well. I mean, look at all the things that Google shut down. So is there a future, a future for publishers? Google's not going to do on the ground reporting in places. That, that's Google news. Like they want to aggregate the news. But if, if the news sites went away, then Google would have nothing to be in the news. So we need content. If we want to understand what the size of the SEO opportunity is, you just go straight to the numbers. So I don't know how much of this they share, but like you could look at the Google earnings reports and you could try to figure out how, like what the click-through rate is on ads, like how much money is made from that click-through rate. You could also look at the average click-through rate on, on any, um, any PPC blog and try to calculate the revenue that comes from that click-through rate. So let's say that revenue is 10%. Let's say the, the revenue Google makes, I don't remember it, so I'm not gonna make up a number, but it's billions, hundreds of billions. Uh, it comes from a 10% click-through rate. So all of that is 10%, right? Now, give another 20 or 30% to zero-click search. Now multiply, so let's say we're at 30%, right? So we're at 30%, is taken up 20% by zero click search, 10% by clicks on ads, you now have 70% of all of the 2 trillion searches or whatever per month that are going to organic. That's the opportunity. What's the value of that opportunity? Well, you can just multiply that value to at least two times that total revenue number that Google earns. But I think it's so much higher. I think it's, that organic number is much higher. So 
Organic's never going to go away. Google will never be in the business of providing all the content that every website in the world will do. I mean, even from a local standpoint, they just can't. So, I mean, the, the search landscape is growing. And right now it's huge. Right now it's not dead and it's only going to continue to grow. Google's spending billions of dollars on creating devices, assistant devices, and, and, and Android devices. They, they don't make money off of Android. They, they, don't, they give it away for free. Right? They, don't, they sell a, a single phone, which I love. They sell the Pixel phone. And I don't think they make a ton of money off of that. It's really all about the Trojan horse. It's really all about doing more searches. They're not spending billions of dollars on this because people are going to stop searching. I had a client that told me that they didn't want to do SEO because they work with the younger people. Gen Z doesn't search. They just do Snap they Instagram. Great. I, I think that Google doesn't think so, that generations will continue to search long into the future. They may not search the way we search today. They may not search by typing things. They may search by image. They may search by voice. They may search by video. They may search by glasses, right? But what it comes down to is what their searches they're doing are all going to be for websites. Google is going to throw their images in. If you do a search for an image, they'll show you an image. But it comes from a website. You do a search for a video. And back to your other question about like zero, like competing with Google. The one place I think it's challenging to compete with Google is on video. But Google's aware of that. And they've been, and there's a recent blog post about them talking to Vimeo and Twitch to try to get those into search because that's a problem. That's a problem that when you do a video search, you're basically only seeing YouTube and the government's going to be like, hey, that's, that's not right, right? So like they're trying to get those other videos and to be like, well, Twitch and Vimeo are here too. But when you do these searches, you're going to be finding other websites and hopefully not just Google websites. So search is absolutely going to continue to grow differently than it is. Like, can you imagine like, <laughs> It, it, SEO did die 10 years ago if all you were expected to do is do like end keyword search and click on something. It's completely changed. But SEO is going to continue to exist and the value of it will continue to grow. Okay, I like that because, you know, that's how we make a living. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah Eli, where people can find more about you and about the book? So you can find me at elishworks.co or product.seo.com. The book is available for sale on Amazon and I know in America you can find it on any website, uh, any book selling website, hopefully in Europe too. And please add me on LinkedIn. Just look for Eli Schwartz and add me on Twitter at 5LE. And if you're looking for a new job or you're hiring, I love connecting people. Um, I think the world is better, the SEO world is better off if we can get people in better jobs who are paying them more money because it, it lifts everyone up. So this is the one place I think we need a little bit of inflation. I don't think people get paid enough for the value they contribute. Like you heard in Kevin Index's podcast, I worked for a company that thought SEO was worth a billion dollars per year. They were not paying me a billion dollars per year. So like the, the value exchange there is significantly higher than the input. Yeah, obviously. And I think that this is a great way to, to end this, uh, this episode. Eli, thank you very much for being with us. So. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Another episode of the SaaS SEO Show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.